Welcome to the newest Eden Center podcast, Building Ourselves Through Parsha. Our host, Karen Miller-Jackson, will use the Parsha to explore an aspect of social, emotional, or physical well-being relevant for 21st century life and its challenges. Karen is a certified Matan Moralalacha, Jewish educator, writer, founder of Kivun Sherut, a guidance program for religious girls, and creator of Power Parsha. Consistent with the Eden Center's goal of enhancing women's spiritual life through Torah and Mikvah, Karen's insights, we hope, will serve as a springboard for self-introspection and discussion. Hello, everyone. In today's Building Ourselves podcast, I would like to focus on the power of words. Words have the potential to hurt. Words can demonstrate autonomy and responsibility. And words can positively influence ourselves and others. This week, we begin reading Devarim. We call this book Words. Before we turn to our Parsha, Let's look at the first reference to words or speaking in the Torah and how it is interpreted. In Breshit, while both animals and humans are called nefesh chaya in the creation story, a living being, the commentaries point out the uniqueness of human beings. Targum Unklus translates nefesh chaya as ruach mamalala, a speaking spirit. Rashi elaborates on this and states that people are distinct because they possess the characteristics of knowledge and speech implying that speech is a gift from God and has a spiritual aspect to it. Now let's return to our Parsha, Devarim. The words which Moshe is about to say are words of tochacha, rebuke, to the Jewish people. Moshe is about to share rebuke for the previous generation with their children. Dafka here, where words can be so hurtful, shameful, and demotivating, what can we learn about the way we speak from the beginning of Parshat Devarim? The first Rashi on the Parsha provides a recipe for the proper way to speak, especially when giving constructive criticism or feedback. Because these are words of reproof, and Moshe is enumerating here all the places where they provoked God to anger, Therefore, Moshe suppresses all mention of the matters, explicitly, in which they sinned, and refers to them only by a mere allusion contained in the names of the places, out of respect for Israel. Some of the places which Moshe recounts are never mentioned before, and Rashi goes on as follows. When it says, Bain paran uvein tafel velavan, tofel velavan, Rabbi Yochanan says, we have gone through the whole Bible and we have found no place, the name of which is Tofel or Lavan. But the meaning is that Moshe reproved them because of the calamitous statements, Taflu, that they made regarding the man, which was white, Lavan. Moshe hinted at these places instead of naming the evil and sins explicitly. This is true for the name Vedizahav which literally means sufficiency of gold. Moshe reproves them, says Rashi, on account of the golden calf by hinting at it, Dizahav, which they had made in consequence of the abundance of gold which they had. Rashi is teaching how to rebuke if you must. Do it in a way which keeps the respect of the person intact. Here he hints at the sins of the past and does not name them explicitly. The goal is not to shame others, but to help them make a positive tikkun for what came before and for the future. Another area where words have weight is the field of Hilchot Nida. We encourage women to ask questions from halachic authorities when necessary. 
However, it is noteworthy that built into the halachic system is a certain amount of autonomy for women, based on the words she may use to describe her status in Hilchot Nida. The language in the Torah for a woman who is counting her seven clean days is v'safra la, she counts for herself. The Tosvo brings these words to teach the principle of ne'emanuta isha, a woman's trustworthiness. Here, a woman can influence her status in Jewish law based on the words she uses. If she says to Hora'ani, we believe her. And the flip side of this is that if she determines herself as Nida with complete certainty, her words alone can change her status. This comes up as well when a woman has a question about her bidika, when she is a Nida, but she may have lost the bidika. The Shulchan Aruch states, based on the Gemara, Ne'amenet isha lomar kazera'iti va'avadativ. A woman is relied upon to say, I saw a stain like this, and it got lost. Here we see that built into the observance of Nida is an empowerment of women and a reliance on the word of women. Words here are a symbol of autonomy within halacha, which, of course, comes with responsibility. Words have positive power in our day-to-day interactions as well. Positive psychologist Hal ben Shacha writes that by beginning a conversation with your spouse, your children, or your colleagues with positive words, it can influence the, the dynamic of the relationship and has positive benefits for how we feel personally. The Talmud teaches that the Torah's words are chosen carefully as well. In Masachet Psachim, the Talmud teaches the importance of speaking positively from the story of Noah and the flood. There we see that the Torah chose to add eight letters in a roundabout way in the verse where it states, Min from the animal that is pure and from those that are not pure. By saying it that way, by phrasing it that way, the Torah adds words and emphasizes the importance of speaking in a positive manner. So humankind is also imbued with the power of positive speech, the potential of positive speech, and is encouraged to use it. To conclude, I would like to read an excerpt from Joseph Telushkin's wonderfully inspiring book about the Lubavitcher Rebbe regarding positive speech. He writes, I first became aware of the Rebbe's tendency to avoid using negative language when learning that he never used the term Beit Cholim, Hebrew for hospital. I was puzzled. What word could he have used? I wondered, as I am unfamiliar with any other term in Hebrew for hospital. It turned out that the Rebbe was troubled by Beit Cholim because it means literally house of the sick, clearly a discouraging term. The term the Rebbe therefore created was Beit Refu'ah, a house of healing. In the term house of healing and in other expressions he coined, what becomes apparent is that the Rebbe's opinion on how to use words represented an innovative way of thinking and an anticipation in part and by several decades of the discipline known as positive psychology. We see from the opening words of the Parsha and from the sources that followed and from the words of Joseph Telushkin on the Rebbe that words are a gift. We have the power to hurt or to uplift. And words can also be symbolic of personal autonomy as well as responsibility. Shabbat Shalom. This week's podcast is dedicated by Shelley and Aris Markowitz in loving memory of Aris's father, Israel Yechiel Markowitz, and his grandmother, Rivka Godinger, who both passed away in the month of Menachemov. In the merit of our Torah learning, may their Neshemot have an aliyah.
This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is recorded by Karen Miller-Jackson, edited by Micah Shore, and is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe. We welcome your feedback by email at podcasts at theedencenter.com.